ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Thursday, June 25th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Coming up later this hour, it's hard to wrangle this person is very hard to wrangle this person because she is that busy. But Anna Tarula from Channel 13 is going to join me on the show. So I'm going to talk to her. We'll catch up. Of course, you see her on sometimes the 6 and the 11, depending on her schedule over on Channel 13. So we'll catch up with her uh, vacation. I don't know what that means for her, what vacation means for her, if that means I'm just not on set anymore for a week or so. But we're going to talk to her, and that's coming up here in the next few minutes. And, of course, as I mentioned, we'll get your phone calls in later on. We do have a lot to get into. Uh, Some of it we've sort of gone over before. Some of it will be new to you, and uh, there are some things that we can add on to what's been happening as far as Marshall's budget is concerned, the athletic budget, the – the income that's going to be potentially lost or potentially brought into the athletic department, a lot of that's still up in the air because we just don't know what the final numbers are going to be. What will the numbers look like when it's all said and done? And a lot of this is going to be because of enrollment. Ticket sales, I'm sure, will have a factor in all of this. Television money, what's that going to look like? What will the television packages look like once everything is situated and settled? We still don't have a schedule yet as far as is it going to go on as planned? Of course, the athletic department isn't preparing as if it's going to go on as planned, and that's probably the best course for them right now. But I'm sure there are fail-safes. I'm sure there are schedules upon schedules. There are backup dates. I'm sure there's a lot of things going on right now we just don't know about yet behind the scenes. But yesterday, we added on to what we already knew. There was going to be some budget reductions. And Taylor Stuck from the Herald-Dispatch, she, of course, goes to all the meetings. Virtually or not, she's attending the meetings. She's on top of all of this. And yesterday, she tweeted this out. And at first I was sitting there going, okay, is this an addition or is this just what it is? And that was about, of course, Doc Holliday, Marshall's football coach, Dan D'Antoni, Marshall's basketball coach, Mike Hamrick, Marshall's athletic director, that they will be taking voluntary cuts. And, of course, you're seeing them take the pay cut because it's part of the budget reductions that take place on July 4th. So they're, of course, the top money getters in the athletic department. They make the most. Followed, of course, by at least 140 others. Uh, I think the number is maybe 142. 142 others on campus that are going to see a salary reduction. This is the first phase of the budget reductions. And this is, of course, uh, at the meeting of the University Board of Governors. This is the Athletics Committee. 
And according to the figures in the report, of course, if you are aware, you know this. I'm sure a lot of you, because you get into the numbers. You know, Doc Holliday, he has a total compensation of 789367 So obviously he's going to be in this number to take a cut. Dan D'Antoni, his compensation, 550000 So he's going to take a cut. Mike Hamrick, he's also in this equation. His compensation, over 310000 So he's taking a cut. And of course, there's going to be some reductions as well. The fiscal year 2021 budget for the athletic department reduced $5 million. This was not unexpected. This was already baked into it. This is not something that is new because, again, why is this? Because there is going to be at least a 10% reduction in student enrollment. Everything was built anticipating that. So here's what we think we're going to deal with. Here's the budget we're going to live with to basically – deal with the reduction. And of course, if the numbers hold, you get students coming back in in larger numbers than you think you're going to get. This isn't going to be as bad for the university. If you have numbers that are worse, of course, there will be other cuts, other things. And I've taken a look. I can't really get into it right now because honestly, it's going to take at least a show and a half. The Plan. I've seen the plan. And there are plans upon plans for reductions here. Here's worth some savings. I mean, little things like, okay, we're going to be better when it comes to printing. And you would think, okay, printing, yes. Printing costs a lot of money. There's lots of money involved when it comes to printing paper, ink, cardstock, whatever you're printing, all the publications. So it goes down to all of that. I'm going to be interested to see what the university does eventually, at least on the sports side. Will we see eventually e-ticketing? Will Marshall be able to make that transition? Because you've already seen a few universities make the transition. West Virginia is going to make the transition. How much does a printed ticket cost? How much can you save and postage? Here's here's the, the thought. You save the cost of the printed ticket. You save the cost of the handling. You save the cost of the mailing. You save that, and you have the e-ticket. Now, will that fly with an older population that goes to Marshall games? I I haven't really touched on that because it hasn't really come up yet, but that could be happening sooner than later. How much do you save? How much of a convenience is that going to be? Or for certain segments of the population, how much of an inconvenience is that going to be? Of course, we're going to talk about e-ticketing here. Is that going to include, okay, I can print my ticket at home? Because let's be honest, there are still folks who don't have the latest, greatest phone or a phone that is anywhere close to what a modern phone looks like. I still know people who have flip phones. I work with someone who has a flip phone. So I can say, honestly, there are flip phones out there. You're not getting your ticket app there. No, sir. You're going to be printing that. And there are some arenas and venues that the only way you get in is with the e-ticket. You don't print that out. So is Marshall going to make that move eventually? Could that happen? Who knows? But the ultimate question here is, 
what is going to be the landscape in a few months because we're already seeing things start to fall. Baseball starting to get back. We're going to have baseball. We're going to have eventually, I believe, hockey, and we're going to have eventually basketball. And this is all pro. We're going to have pro sports. The big three. We've got NASCAR. It's back. And now we're trying to figure out, can you have college athletics? Because there are some universities that are going about things differently than other universities. Not everyone's on the same page. Not everyone's doing it the same way. There's not a uniform method to do this right now. And the difference is with the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, Major League Baseball, they all have, even though they're all doing it probably differently, they all have a uniform approach when it comes to their league. There's not going to be a uniform approach when it comes to the NCAA because it's going to be up to the conferences. It's going to be up to the individual institutions. Some are going to be doing it better than others. That is all I can say with certainty, that some institutions are doing it better. Some institutions are struggling to do it well, and others not doing a very good job at all. And that's what we've got to deal with here in the next few months. But we turn our attention to my next guest when we come back from break. Anna Tarullo from Channel 13. She joins us when we come back from break here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You guys ready for some fun around here? I need some fun today. I need a little pick-me-up. So, obviously, I call Anna Tarullo from Channel 13. She's on the program now. If I need a, if I need fun, you're who I'm calling. Ooh, that's right, T-Swan. Long time no talk, What's by up? the way. Yeah, I mean, I can't just be bringing you on the program like... Yeah, yeah, you know, here's Anna. Yeah, I can't be doing that. I got to have a good reason. I got to have right. A... Besides, you are busy. You're doing usually your 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 job at the same time I'm doing I'm my job. I'm a busy woman. I'm kind of running around like a chicken with my head cut off most of the time. And Paul Swan likes to take it personal, pretending like I don't get back to him. But I'm a busy lady, P. Swan. Do I take it personal? Yeah, sometimes you're like you never text me back when I see you at Marshall games. I'm like P. Swan. Know that I love you. Okay. I'm, I'm holding you to that. I'm holding you to that. Because, yeah. I mean, sure, you, you take maybe a week to get back to me, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to chalk that up to you being busy. It's either in the first 90 seconds or it's three months later, give or take with that. Okay, that's fair. You know, so if I don't hear from you between 90 seconds right. and three months, it's all good still. I mean, ask my mom. Even my mom it's the same thing. Either I'm right on it or I'll talk to her in a couple of weeks. But, hey. We mean it's all love here, Peace One, and you know that. Is she on social? Because I'm going to ask her. She's not. I don't even think she gets. I don't think she knows about the internet. I mean, except for Google and like online shopping, but I don't think she gets it. I wish, though. My dad is. You can send some hate mail. Hate mail to Phil. That would be fun. Why would I do that? Why would I send hate mail to your dad? <laughs> I don't know, Peace One. I'm just giving you ideas. All right. Well, I mean, maybe we get your dad on the show. We should. He would love that. You don't understand. My dad is where I got my love of sport. And the reason I feel so natural doing what I do is because me and my dad would just 
you know, watch games all the time when I was younger. So he's a natural, let me tell you. I love getting hot takes from Phil all the time. That could be, you know what, that could be that podcast. You Hot takes from Phil. And your dad, hot takes from Phil. That could be it. That could be what launches you to even another level. Oh, the highest level. I'm ready. I know he's ready. He was born ready. I did actually, so I did a little ESPN radio in Louisville before I moved to West Virginia, and my dad did come with me. It was a U.K. football postgame show. And I'm not lying to you, Paul. It was like a kid in the candy shop. He was, like, coming in there. Like, I'm pretty sure he took notes. He was so excited. It was the best day of his life. But, yeah, my dad took me to all these Final Fours when I was little. So he's the man to thank for my passion for the J-O-B. All right, we're going to thank him on the program. But you mentioned you don't have any hot takes right now. What what do we got? What are we doing here? We have no uh, sport. Okay, we have NASCAR. We've got we that. We have NASCAR, Paul. We got NASCAR. And we've got and some you golf. We've got a little bit of golf. It's getting a little coronavirus-y out there on the PGA. But you know what? I've got to be honest with you. NASCAR never knew a thing about it. I know I have vague memories of my grandfather, an Italian guy from Chicago, watching NASCAR when I was little. Don't know how he got into it. But that was really my only experience until I moved to West Virginia. And I would say the past month or so, as it's been the first live sport to come back, and just learning little things about it here and there has really kind of reeled me in. And I've got to tell you, I'm a fan now. And then kind of just watching everything unfold the past um, couple weeks has been interesting. And um, these guys are incredible athletes. I've got to say, I've learned that recently. I wasn't necessarily on that train until now, but now I am. So you're telling me the Commonwealth? You didn't have that NASCAR experience in the Commonwealth in Kentucky? Right. I mean, I'm sure, but come on, Paul, I'm from Louisville. I don't know. I'm not trying to be, you know, not trying to be crazy here, but like I wasn't like, you know, we're college basketball central where I'm from. So that was my main focus, you know, college basketball. Knew a little bit about Like, I have an uncle or two who's, like, a little bit vaguely into it remotely. Um, but I, I, I got to tell you, I didn't know one thing. Like, I knew, like, Jeff Gordon. Like, I knew the name. Just, like, maybe because my brother said it once or twice in my childhood. But then recently I've just started watching. And when I first moved here for this job, people told me, you know, NASCAR's really big here. I was like, okay, uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. And then I think it's been a big help, it being the first kind of live sport to come back. And just the more kind of facts I learn about it, about the drivers, the more interested I am in it and just learning all about it. Um, So cool. And I'm happy that it's kind of opening up to a whole new fan base because I think there's a lot to learn for a lot of people. Have you picked a favorite driver yet? That's key. That's what I was told to do many years ago. Pick a driver. Yeah. Okay. So it's Bubba. Like I like Bubba. All right. I think he's awesome. Um, aside from that, let's see. Um, he's been my main focus. Uh, there's a couple of like, there's a couple of Italian guys running around there on the track, which surprised me. And you know, I got to root for the Paisans when I see an Italian a name that ends with a vowel. I'm signing on. I'm co-signing that. So like any Paisan, any Italian driver. I like Bubba Wallace. I think he's cool. I think he's um, a great uh, figure for the sport right now, honestly. Anna Tarullo joining us from Channel 13. She's a basketball girl. She grew up with the basketballs. Now she likes the NASCARs. Uh, if I can just convert you to hockey, you would be you would be perfect. Listen, Paul, I yes. went to I, 
grew up in Kentucky, you know this, we know this, was not raised around hockey. My first hockey game I ever went to, Blackhawks game, playing the Canucks, it was my junior year of college. I was visiting a friend in Chicago. My whole life changed. I was like, if I were, I bought a jersey that night, I was so on board. I was like, if I were raised around this, this would be my favorite sport. They were playing the goal song. They were playing Chelsea Dagger. I felt like Vince Vaughn should be there and we should be in a movie. It was awesome. I moved to D.C. after that. The Caps games didn't have the, quite the same atmosphere, but going to one Blackhawks game and I was pretty much a fan. That was awesome. But speaking of basketball and NASCAR intersecting, I did have the chance to interview Renee Montgomery recently. And, you know, she's a South Charleston grad, a WNBA champion, played at UConn for Gino Ariema. And she recently um, has kind of vocalized what a lot of people probably in my position, her position, a lot of people uh, have been feeling like new fans to NASCAR. It kind of went this, through this whole thing on Twitter about understanding the rules. And that was really cool to see, to kind of see that intersection of two different leagues that probably haven't had much interaction before. And uh, she's pretty awesome. And she's doing some great things with social justice. She's with the Atlanta Dream right now, taking the WNBA season off to focus on social justice. And what was sad to me when I talked to her, she said, you know, I still connect so much with West Virginia. My parents still live there, my sister, my niece. But West Virginia doesn't connect to me. And I'm like, girl, we've got to change that. How amazing to have that kind of um, leading figure in a premier league, you know, plays for UConn. Gino Oriema is a two-time WNBA champ. And uh, from, you know, South Charleston, South Charleston alum. I think we got to grasp onto that a little more. She's awesome. She's doing some pretty cool things. Do you find in your years of covering sports and being around sports that more and more, and maybe more so in professional ranks, and now it's getting down to the college ranks that student athletes, professional athletes are actually finding out that they have a voice, it is very loud, and it's very powerful. Yeah, and what's crazy is I think this has been building for a couple years, and now is kind of like that moment in time that, you know, nothing is like in a vacuum, right? So there's so many things happening right now in society that are allowing that voice to be heard even clearer. So Think back to when Ed O'Bannon from UCLA uh, had that lawsuit, you know, about uh, pretty much name image like this. That was years ago. And then, you know, Northwestern, their football team, the players tried to unionize again a couple of years ago. There were attempts. They made strides. But now it's like it's turning a new leaf. We're having much more success with it. And the NCAA, uh, shockingly, you know, kind of giving up on their resistance to – athletes having a voice and what's interesting too is the coronavirus bringing to light a whole new perspective of the athlete's voice you know so we have the mlb and we have the mlb and the players association going back and forth on what is okay with health and safety protocols what is okay giving up the salary all this stuff making sure their voice is heard before they agree to play baseball well you know, who's doing that in the NCAA? So I think it further highlights that these guys aren't just a commodity. We're not just going to send them out there to play, but, you know, they need to be heard. And I think it's giving them a further platform to be heard um, just with such a culmination of events right now. It's not anyone thing. It's just everything is kind of leading to that, which I think is good. You know, um, I, I think it's really, really good. My favorite person to kind of listen to, 
NCAA uh, student-athlete uh, rights stuff is Jay Billis, and he said, you know, um, sometimes, you know, change is just necessary, and you need it, and these guys need to speak out. And, you know, college sports might not be what they were. For instance, you know, athletes getting paid for endorsements and all this stuff, but it doesn't mean the change doesn't need to happen. And I think that's the same thing with them uh, vocalizing more and kind of having more of their own identity. Do you think because of COVID-19, this has accelerated the process? We've got a lot of time at home. We've got a lot of time to think. We've got a lot of time to do other things. And we don't actually have the distraction of sports to distract us from what needs probably to be fixed in sports. No doubt. And even it just kind of further clarifies uh, just the expense we're willing to put these out, these athletes out on the field, you know, like, we're taking such – I think it was a huge – I thought it was hilarious of the NCAA to be, you know, they're student athletes. They're students first. They're not treated differently than any other student. Okay, so we're going to bring all the uh, football players who make the most money for the school back to campus first, and then basketball who makes the second most money. Second most money. But then, you know, maybe we're not going to quite announce that the students are going to come back on campus first. So you're going to – Say these guys are no different than any other student, but you're going to put them at risk first before other ones because they make you a higher profit. You know what I mean? So I think it's just further highlighted the way that almost like their labor is used uh, in different ways and how that can be at you know a liability for them and just how much they mean uh, profit-wise to a university. I think it's really the pandemic has put um, a huge. It's really kind of. Uh, showcase that in my opinion yeah and i also think that no matter what happens we're going to see a college football season because i can't imagine i'm not singling anyone out but i can't imagine conferences i can't imagine athletic directors i can't imagine coaches which might not have much say compared to the other two letting this go by or letting this There's be short. No I think that's driving a huge part of the decision to bring students back to campus in the fall. I think if you do not have college football in the fall, then students would do online courses this fall. But not a doubt in my mind because of the money involved. You know, they're even saying um, students will be on campus until Thanksgiving and then you can finish up online. Okay, well, they're saying, okay, we don't want you to bring COVID back from going home for Thanksgiving with your family and bring it back here. Okay, they could bring it back in August. But what's done around Thanksgiving is college football. And I thought Gene Smith, who's athletic director at Ohio State, I thought his comments were interesting. You know, cases are rising every day. And he's saying, you know, hopefully by the time college football starts, the CDC has kind of laxed in their um, standards and we can do less than six feet apart and kind of welcome some fans into the stadium. And I just – I think that's interesting of all things to kind of go ahead on and predict that it might be okay by then. It's such a money-making game, and this has just really been um, such an interesting way to highlight that in the NCAA's response to it. Yeah, and you bring up the fans, and we as members of media organizations, sort of a microcosm of that, how many of us mm-hmm. are going to be let into the facility? Are you going to be able to shoot on the field? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be allowed on the premises? We can't isolate for 14 days. We can't quarantine. If we're going to be required to do these things to be a part of whatever happens in the football field, you know, what's going to have to happen to make that a reality? 
Are we going to see less members of the media allowed in the facility to begin with? I mean, you know, could it be just you? Yep. Could it be just, you know, someone else from another media organization? Maybe one newspaper writer per... And how do they choose? And how does that affect, you know, bottom line other places? I think uh, especially with, you know, the NBA trying to open at Disney World and be in a bubble... I think it's interesting because you're never truly in a bubble, and this has kind of come out recently. You know, if media members are coming, you're testing people, but it's never going to be a true bubble. And they talked about how, like, the employees at Disney World, you know, are still going to be there when these NBA players are there. And Florida has such a high um, increase in cases that it's just interesting that, you know, throughout all of athletics, people are going full speed ahead. And I understand there's so much money involved and TV money involved. But it's not like this is slowing down in the same uh, kind of precautions are still there that you just wonder, you know, what really changed that made it okay to go ahead with uh, starting the leagues back up. Anna Tarullo joining us from Channel 13. Of course, we're going to have to wear masks, I'm sure. Will you have that 13 branded mask? I've been pushing that for that here. I'm going to keep pushing for it. But if, if, I have to wear yeah. a, if I have to wear a 13 branded mask, I will. I mean, just to, just oh, to illustrate the point. Let's matching, get ma- matching masks. Okay. We should. I'll design them. I, I figured you would. I didn't. I, I had no doubt. What would they look like? I don't know. I'm thinking something like Kentucky Blue. I don't know. Just a thought off the top of my head. We can do that. We can do that. Kentucky, Kentucky Blue is fine. Maybe John Calipari's face. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Um, maybe w- w- maybe you could have Cal have Stoops. What do you think? Okay, you okay. You have Stoops. I'll have Cal. Yeah, I'll do that. We'll do that. That's, that could okay, be fine. I'm gonna talk to my people. I'm gonna talk to my production people and get those going. You have production people. That's that's. I love get them all out. Yeah, you you have people. I've seen your Insta. You have people. Mom, make me masks. Call my grandma, sew us up some masks. You have a big family. I don't know if, if you follow Anna on her social media, but she does have a big family. I have a crazy family, Paul. I don't believe that. No, I, I what? No, I can't. No. I can't imagine that. What a shock! <laughs> oh wow. Are you the sane one? Are you the calm one? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't take it that far. So I'm it, the middle child, Paul. Ah. Uh, that explains a lot it all now. Makes sense, doesn't it? it all makes sense now. It does. Yeah. It, it just what all came into place here. Now I know. Right? Now you're like, ah, oh, clarity. Yeah, I. I you have brothers and sisters. No, I'm an only child, so it's. Um, you're an only child. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just probably me. why we're friends. Yeah, it's probably it because you know you you you're middle child, and I don't have any yeah. siblings, so that's why we that's why we hang. Why we connect? That's why. Yeah, that's why we. That's why we do this. Exactly. That's why we do this. Because uh, I texted Anna today and I said, "Hey, if you don't come on the show, we're not friends anymore." And boom, and said, the text came Paul. back instantly. And what did I tell you? I said, "Do not ever tell me that again, Paul Swan." I will not. I will not use that ever again as a weapon. I will not test our friendship don't ever again. Me. Don't hang that over my head. I was. I was sitting on a plane too. I was like, I don't know if I can make this work. But if Paul's <laughs> taking this friendship away, I will make it work. She's gonna make it work. So, what are you doing? You're on vacation. You're on vacay. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm in North Carolina at the beach. First timer here. Okay. Is it safe? I literally just rolled in. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I got my mask. I flew in. You know, had my connection flight in Charlotte. People were being a little bit rude there, but no way. Good experience. No way. 
Hold on, let me tell you, Gay E was getting a little feisty. People were getting all, I don't know whether it was the mask, like cutting off oxygen, but people were a little snippy. But we got here and it's been good vibes. I've been here about five minutes. So it's been good times. So you get off the plane, take this phone call, then the beach. Yeah. Oh, the sea, that's, that's I right. Love that. I love that. I love where I ran. Priorities. I love, I love where I rank. I, I really do. And um, even though you called me sir last time, I know I knew here. that was coming up. I was just waiting for it. <laughs> I have to bring it up every time. I mean, you just have to continue to bring that up. I mean, you just ask CJ Harvey. Well, thank how, you, sir. Again, again, ask CJ Harvey how bad I felt for like the first forty-eight hours of that. For the first forty-eight hours, of it you don't still feel bad. Uh, I mean, I, I was like, I was like. Like felt terrible, and then you know CJ. You tried like, to play it off like it was me because I was like, "You're the man, Paul." You're like, "Thank you, sir." I was like, "Wow." I mean, well, okay. I mean, so now um, for Christmas, I got to find you a Becky Lynch shirt, the man. Yeah. WWE. Yeah, true. I hey, got, I kind of took it as a compliment, honestly, because we were just chatting. Because you're my dude. We're the guy. Because you're my dude. That's, That's right. right. That's right. You're my dude. I'm your dude. I'm you're my. Bro. You're my people. You're my bro person. Your people. Your person. I mean. You think I'm having a conversation like this with, say, maybe uh, Keith Morehouse or Mark Martin? You think this kind of co- no, 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 <laughs> n- no, no, we're not having this conversation. Not Keith or Mark, just yeah. me. I'm the only sports director. We're mano y mano here. It's it, just you, not nobody else. They don't exist. <laughs> you better be nice to Keith and Mark. I'm always nice people. to Keith and Mark. Those are my peoples too. But the, I mean, you're my dude. You're but the, 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 so. You're the new kid in town, still. I am. Uh, what do you? Thank you. What are you doing, new kid, without sports for the last few months? Uh, you know, what's your process like to make it work out on a daily basis? Yeah, so that's been so interesting. So many people have asked me that question. I mean, from like people who know nothing about how this uh, profession works, they're like, you know, sports. What are you doing? And honestly, um, our market is so. You know, it's such a localized kind of focus that when these big stories were breaking, huge stories, it was kind of exciting for me because I got to cover and talk about things on a much larger scale. So starting from that, there was kind of excitement, obviously, unfortunate events that kind of sports get shut down. But the ripple effect of everything being um, canceled, suspended. The amount of stories that come from that alone could go on and on and on. I mean, it affects everything. So really, you'd think, okay, you're not going to games anymore, but there's almost like uh, a multiplication of stories uh, you can find and people impacted by this. Think of every senior who's missed out on a season. Uh, I know, you know, my coworker, Jake, who does a great job of kind of getting in these local stories. He even did one on, you know, local umpires missing out on that income from missing a summer season of work. So it's almost giving, given us um, more stories to cover and more perspectives to kind of look at. Uh, so it's been kind of cool. I've, it's been an interesting time to work in sports, but I haven't disliked it at all. It's been kind of cool to see. There's something that you have dug into that you didn't know for the, other than NASCAR. You, know, you find something in the state that, whoa, I didn't know that, that you maybe you wouldn't have stumbled upon? Um, off the top, I mean, I'm sure there's something off the top of my head. I can't think of anything, but NASCAR has been a big one. 
Another thing I just briefly, I was planning on doing this story on it, um, just briefly spoke to Travis Tarr, who is, um, you know, head coach at Taze Valley Christian, the prep school for all the basketball recruits. And it's interesting just how much uh, the COVID stuff has affected recruiting. That's been interesting to me, too. Um, I think it kind of put in perspective, again, the ripple effect of how this isn't just one season we're missing out on. And if you talk to Randy Maisie, the WVU baseball coach, she talks about, hey, it's great. You know, the seniors who missed out on their season are getting an extra year of eligibility, but you know, this is going to have a lasting impact. There's other kids who are going to get kind of screwed and cut because you're having these better players stay another year. So just, it's been eye-opening. And I think we're not even going to know for years down the road the impact uh, this one crazy, hopefully one year, hopefully not two, year has had on athletics in total, every aspect of it. Um and just if we don't have a college football season, I can't imagine the havoc that would wreak uh, on every level, especially financially. You see so many sports, too, um, non-revenue men's sports. I know UConn just cut men's swimming at every school, and that goes back to Title IX. Um, you know, one thing I learned at Georgia, SEC school, you know, the football uh, teams are the money makers, but they also kind of supplement that with like, you know, women's equestrian teams and all of that. So uh, men's soccer teams, I'm sure, are going to get uh, bear the brunt of this too, uh, those non-revenue sports. So it's going to be interesting to see how kind of Title IX plays into all of it as well with uh, the finances. Anna Tarullo joining us from Channel 13 on vacation at the beach. How long are you going to be there? Taking a little break. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be here till Sunday. So that's a quick one. This is not just a quick hop. Just a quick one, just a weekend. Okay. Then back at it, you'll be um, you'll be rocking the news desk again. Rocking the news desk like I like to do. Um, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you handle that that crew up there. And just, I'm just we're being a wild bunch. Yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen the newscast. Yeah, you guys are a little we're a gnarly bunch. You think? Um, I think Anchorman when I think of the 13 crew. Me too. You know what? When I first started working in Charleston and I would go to the West Virginia Power Games and I would see like CJ with CHS um, and, you know, Josh with them. And I would always imagine that fight scene in Anchorman because, you know, I'm new to local news. This is the first time I've ever worked in it. So the sports people, we're all so cool with each other, but I always just, that kind of made me chuckle. I'm like, what if we just had a fight scene right here at Power Park right now? Okay. I'm going to ask you. I think now. I could take a couple of them. I, I think you could too. I'm going to ask you right now because uh, you like giving me the business. You do, but I do. We're kind of radio, and that's where you were. That's where you were hanging out. Radio. Yeah. I love radio the best. So does that mean we've got each other's back, or are you going to turn, yeah. or is it going to be a heel turn like in wrestling? Where no, are you kidding me? I'm making sure. I'm making sure because I've heard, I, we're wingmen. Paul. All right. Even though you called me, sir, I didn't let that get in the way of our brotherhood. I mean, because you're 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 my dude. That's why I called you, sir. I know. You're my dude. Broskies. Yeah, I we're, know. we're bros. I'm from okay, so us. It's us against CJ Harvey and it's us and, against CJ and Josh. Josh. Okay. I know, like Josh has a gym and stuff, but I think we could take him. Um. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough one, though. He's a he, he's a tough one to bring down. But we have, you know, we're wily. You know, we have. We're sneaky. 
I think we could do it. Okay, let's let's plan on it. Let's um. So this could be like a charity match. A charity wrestling match or a charity boxing yeah. match? Charity wrestling match. Okay. No 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 holds barred, chairs, tables, ladders. From the top rung, Paul Sloan. <laughs> like Macho Man. Okay, let's do it. You know, we'll have someone smuggle in, uh you know, smuggle in the salt. We'll you know, we'll throw in some eyes here. You know, we'll do it all. I'm ready. This okay. is my dream charity event. All right. Um, you're going to do this uh, again? You're going to come back and not wait Please. Like six months? Let's make it like a weekly thing when I'm not on vacation. Okay, so you got to be available, though. I know. Well, Paul, I've got a show at 6. I've got a show at 11. Okay, so i got to find a time when you're not popular, and I don't know when that is. No, no. We'll talk. I'll have my people call yours. Okay, have your people call mine. Well, the, my dad will call you in a couple minutes. All right, that's cool. I want to talk to your dad. I want to get him on the show. I want to get his hot takes. Phil's hot takes. Anna Tarullo. You're my dude. Don't forget that. Bomb. You are my dude. You're my dude, Paul Swan. Talk to you soon. Have fun at the beach. At the beach. I'll have fun at the beach. <laughs> See Bye, you. Paul. Bye. It's Anna. That's Anna, everybody. Anna Tarullo, Channel 13. More on the way. The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, this is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. Quick segment here as uh, we're getting closer to the end of the show. I do want to um, talk briefly about what's happening with Marshall University. They unveiled their Return to Campus Comprehensive Guide today. Uh, so here are some of the highlights. One, all employees and students going to have to um, wear uh, masks is uh, what I understand, but they're going to be provided with a Return to Campus kit that's going to contain face coverings, hand sanitizer, and they're going to be required to wear face coverings while inside all university buildings except for when alone in a personal workspace. There's going to be regular self-administrated health checks required for students and employees with an app, which they're going to unveil here in the next few weeks. High-risk populations will be accommodated as possible. All faculty, staff, and students are going to be required to complete an online education module. COVID-19 testing conducted on all international students, student-athletes, students from out-of-state hotspots, and all residence hall students upon their return to campus. Additional surveillance testing of students, faculty, and staff will also be done. The university will provide educational and awareness signage throughout the main corridors of all buildings, updated protocols for cleaning and sanitizing all university buildings, have been adopted based on standards set by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention using Environmental Protection Agency-approved products that are effective against the COVID-19 virus. And so that's the release that went out today from Marshall University, the Return to Campus Comprehensive Guide. Will this work? I don't know. We're going to find out. We wrap it up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So is this a sign of things to come? Exhibition game in Canton, Ohio, you know, the Hall of Fame game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the first game that has been canceled due to the pandemic for the National Football League. It's going to be played August 5th, 2021 now. Same team. So August 6th, well, you know where I won't be for my birthday now. I won't be in Canton. Ceremony is going to be canceled as well. It's going to be basically, they're going to do it next year. That's um, This is going to be something that you can't cancel. You're just going to have to reschedule. So you're going to have, of course, the induction. That stuff's going to ha- that's going to take place. But right now, the NFL, they're getting close to their deadline of when will games begin or will there be games. And right now, this one's an easy one to take off. It's disappointing, but at the same time, gives the NFL a little bit more time because you don't want to just rush out there for this. And that's the question in hand. How much time do you need to make make this happen, pull this off? And with that said, we're done for the day. Thanks to my guest, my dude. That's her new name, my dude. Anna Tarullo from Channel 13. I appreciate her for coming on the program. Back tomorrow, all over again, we will do it here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone. Ship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and the Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.